This, this is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Getting, Mike. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Where's like the buff dudes at? Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. <laughs> I'm sorry my bad Peyton impression ruined the good line about him throwing the ball to Marvin being the key. I'm sorry. I don't have much of an impression there. I'll work on it. I'll go home and practice in front of the mirror. In the meantime, Brock, this is a good request today. I think uh, Justin Ramora suggested this yesterday. Let's answer some of your questions. This is Brock and Sox. Answer the question, jerk. Keep asking questions. Come on, I'll answer them. Come on, I'm here. I'm going to answer your questions, dang it. Question! The question, jerk! Well, don't just stand there. Answer the question, jerk! Ah, just like old times, always fun to answer questions. It's been a little while, so let me... uh, Dig right in. Here's some that I got last night uh, through Twitter. Uh, Let's see. Let's start with Austin, who asked, question for everyone on the squad. If you woke up in one of these nonfiction universes, I think you mean fictional universes, Mm -hmm. which do you choose and why? The Star Wars universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or the Lord of the Rings universe? Which world would you want to live in? None. None? No. Hard pass. Okay. I think the Lord of the Rings universe would be pretty entertaining, mm. depending on which part. For you're those, in. Uh, what are those things? The orcs. The orcs. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. Middle Earth though seems okay. Yeah, I mean, like there seems to be some pretty cool parts to Middle Earth. <laughs> the Shire. I would go to the Shire. Just don't go looking for the ring. Well, I mean, yeah, it could be post ring, right? I mean, like, <laughs> it's way too far. To it could be post ring. Seems pretty nice there. It's very green. Mm. You know, there's elves. They seem nice. You can hang out. Yeah, I can hang out there. Certainly more than the other. A lot places. of hair on you. You'd be fine. Yeah. Right. Now you're growing this right beard. In. You and the. You a few more father. years, I'm gonna look like Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> Got some time. Uh, let's see. Rob asks, "Who wins in a fight, Cal Raleigh or Cam Chancellor?" <laughs> what? <laughs> Cam Chancellor. Cal looks at Cam and says... Like uh, a physical fist fight? uh, No, no thanks. thanks. (laughs) No, thank you. I think we're good here. (laughs) I think I'm all set. He did take a beating, though. Yeah, he could take a bunch of the beating from Cam. could take more punches is a good question. That's a different question. Cal could take some punches. Cam's got Uh a jawline, too. Yeah, Cal could take some punches. Uh, Sean asks, jerks, if you caught Julio's 30-30 home run ball the other night, would you give it back to him without asking for anything in return? By the way, tremendous catch by that young man out there. Yes. He made a great play on it. You think he knew the instant he caught it, like, this is his 30th home run? He was in the, you know, the no-fly zone. He was. Possible. Certainly somebody might have told him right away. Yeah. And so he negotiated. It sounds like he got a signed ball and a signed used bat. Yeah. Yeah. He said he just, uh, Julio said he just asked for the ball. Julio threw on the bat. Because uh, he said he felt like he deserved it. I would absolutely ask for something. That's like part of the baseball contract, right? You catch a meaningful ball, you get something out of it. I mean, would you have made it a hostile negotiation, though? No, I mean, that's not, the key. no. You can have the ball. I would do it that one guy. Uh, what am I going to do? I knew you were going to say that. I was going to do what that guy did with the Tom like, Brady. Julio could touchdown. be one of the greatest of all time. You don't want something signed by him? I mean, not really. Remember the more, guy more who's more like, I just want to play golf with Tom Brady. He's like, oh, spend six hours of my day with yeah, you? No chance. Or give you $500,000. <laughs> I'll just take an interview. Like, I would trade it for a decent interview with Julio. There you go. Yeah. yeah. 
If I were the guy, yeah, that's probably the only thing I would have done. Seriously, if I were him, I would have said, don't need anything. I'd love to just shake your hand and say hi. Yeah. That, to me, is all I'd want. See the clubhouse, say hey yeah. to the guys. Could you yep. could you bring me into the clubhouse for five minutes after a game? So I'll care about experiences. Yes. Yeah. I need that. You're not last. about artifacts. No, the artifact is boring. The, the experience <laughs> would last forever. But the artifact is something that your like grandchildren might be able to sell for money down the road, too. Grandchildren, please. <laughs> The artifact reminds you of the experience. That's what I like. You think a like signed Julio ball is gonna like feed my family one day? If you really care about the money, keep the thirty thirty ball. You can auction it off. Uh, Cosmo asks. Next, jerks. Next question. Who are the two funniest people that work at Seven Ten? Stacy Fun. I think this is an easy answer. Two funniest people that work at this station. The programming staff are in the building. Just says two funniest people that work at the station. Uh, Curtis, for me, his humor is exactly what I find to be hysterical. Mm-hmm. What's your answer? Says oh, easy. easy answer. Stacy Ross, Kyle Brown. Two funniest people oh, that work Kyle's here. Very funny. Yeah. Kyle. That's pretty good. Kyle slays me. Like, yeah, Kyle's one of those people who can kind of walk in the room and I'll start laughing. Yeah. Instantly start laughing. Kyle so, Brown, Stacy, and Stacy is like now unintentionally like, funny. Like, it's oh, a different question. Well, now you're getting into an entirely <laughs> different. Might thing. be up there on Brown that one. Uh, <laughs> different yep. question. Thank you. Does Kyle still wear the boat shoes and white socks now that he's yeah. an executive? Yeah, he still yeah. does that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course. Yeah. Uh, Next question. <laughs> I got some for you too. If you run out, I have some. But if you want to hit me with a few, go for it. Okay, uh, we, I brought this one up during the break, so I think this should be easy. Answer the question, Jerk. Hawks play the Bengals October 15th. My firstborn is due October 11th. I live three hours from Cincy. Is there any way I can make this game without enraging my wife? No. <laughs> or should I hope for an early birth? No. <laughs> Just give it up, man. First you can child? hope for an early birth. Sure. You can hope for it. Sure, I mean, but if that's your firstborn, I am telling you, do you remember? Firstborns tend to be the late, like, they don't come early. Yeah. Do you right. remember the hours after the firstborn? Yes. Do you remember the, like, you want to speak about another world, another galaxy, another universe that you're in for the first few days? Like, what? What is going when on? When you're trying to feed it, and yes. you're like, this it's- thing won't, yeah, at that point, it kind of feels like you're like, I just want to feed this thing, and it won't eat. It and think. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Personal. Next Love question. It. All right, I've got one. Brittany says, answer the question, jerk. Uh, What's faster, Ty France or the inevitable heat death of the universe? No, it's not nice. <laughs> oh, but it's, it's the heat death, for sure. Brittany. <laughs> I said, What's, who's faster, Ty France or Vogelback? This is not nice. Uh, answer the question, jerk, from Todd. Which would you rather have Jonathan Gannon's sound effects following you around all day or listen to Salk's Peyton Manning impression all day? <laughs> you know, that's just wrong. How dare you? How dare you go there? Um, read the bus. Jerks, when playing golf, land in a divot in the fairway, do you take it out? Yes. 100% yes. Uh, Non-applicable. Morris is N.A. <laughs> Brock, you take it out of a divot or do you hit it out I, of a divot? Yeah, I mean, now if you're competing with you know your big brother. Totally different. If there's a legit competition on, you Correct. play by the rules. Yeah. If you're just out playing golf, sure. why in the world would you ever have to hit out of a divot? It's ridiculous. Yep. Yep. Here's the better question I have for you. If you're playing golf on a course that is not in tip-top shape and your ball lands in the fairway, yep. but in an area that's all torn up and like five feet away is a perfectly nice area of the fairway. 
Are you within are you within your rights to just move the ball five feet to the side? Because you did nothing wrong. You hit the ball in the fairway, and it's just the course is not nice. Play it as a lie, Salk. Is that what you think? I'm the only one that cares about the rules. Huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pretty much. Big Lebowski. Brock, how do you feel about that? Yeah, uh, course under repair. I'm going to call course under you just, repair. You, you get to make relief. your own sure. version of, sure. of ground under repair. Go, then go backwards. Yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, fine. Absolutely. Go backwards. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I'm not saying you move closer to the hole. but like, no, Hey, dude, not. it's not my fault this course hasn't been watered in five yeah. weeks. Like, no. yeah. For those of you that have not had the wonderful experience of golfing with Salk, it's fun. It, it is really fun. Is because it? it? Oh, it is. It, it is. Why? It is, as Pete Carroll says, really fun. Why? Because of just those, you're, you're a smart guy, a brilliant guy. Like, hey, man, not my fault. Of course, in terrible shape right here. I'm, <laughs> you know what? You, you can argue. Well, because I never play for money, ever. I absolutely, I've never one time in my life played golf for money. I have no interest in doing that. I'm out there right. to have a good time. That's right. So, yep. yeah, I'm not going to hit this ball out of a divot. What do I care? Yeah. Yep. Same reason I play fantasy football. Also, you have fellow cootie on the golf course. Darn so right I do. Nice. Who Thank is it sweet. that you've golfed with? Here's the last final one. Okay. Who is it you've golfed with? Like Uncle, like Uncle Damon with me, that gets your competitive juices going the most. With golf? Yes. Nobody. Oh, come on. Nobody. There's nobody that moves the competitive needle. There's one person. <laughs> There's only one person who's ever moved my competitive golf needle. <laughs> you. <laughs> and it's because you're the only one who, like, talks trash and, like, sets it up as a competition. Everyone else I know is just out having a good time. And then you're like, okay. Salk, you're up two on me here, buddy. We've got, uh, two, we got two holes left to play. Salk, and, you know, you're uh, Salk if you can just go bogey, bogey, You can take the par, quarterback out of the game. You're going to be just fine. The game out of the quarterback. You just want to know there's Thank water over there on the right. And you definitely yeah. don't want to go anywhere near that. <laughs> you know. you're, you're the worst. You know, For, I appreciate your compliment that I'm fun to play golf with. You're not. You're the only friend of mine that's not fun to play Sounds golf like you with. You don't have that fire in your gut. Not when it comes to golf. Yeah. Oh, we spent the last compete, five bro. minutes of this on golf. Here. You don't want to compete. Oh, we got to go. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Tell the coach to be quiet. I don't have that fire. No. no, you don't. No. No. I'm out of fire. You have fire in your gut. Everything you need to know it's, next. It's here been, we go. It's, it's been quenched. All right, we'll come back with everything you need to know. And, yes, Jerry Depoto will rescue us from this ridiculous conversation in 20 minutes. Brock and Salk, CL Sports on 710. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, finally, finally, after this 13 days of nonstop baseball, the Mariners get the rest they absolutely needed. And thankfully, they will get to do it today, come back tomorrow, and take on the Dodgers in the first of three. They get there by beating the Angels, actually two in a row, to take the series. Luis Castillo, top of his game. One-two pitch here to Matt Dice. Pitch. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. Doubled up on the changeup. There's the Castillo flex. As he looks to the sky, pounds his glove. He should be happy. That's strikeout number eight. How do you think about the Castillo flex? Yeah, what do you think? I like it. Love it. I've seen that out of you on the 16th green of Willows. <laughs> I do. I do like it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I like the way Castillo kind of gets psyched with that. You He's know what I like, watch, man? He's really you know what I like a lot. No, thank oh, you. Oh, oh. Yeah, bring me my my Luis music. There it is. I feel I like you've kind of been neglecting him this year. Me too. Think so? Uh huh. Taking him for granted. Do you know what doesn't fit with this? Do you know what doesn't fit with this song? 
Luis Castillo. Castillo punch flux. <laughs> no, not even a little bit. Ever since somebody told me it looks like the ICP running man, that's the only thing I could think of when he does it. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Anyway, they needed a win yesterday, and they got it. Came from behind to get it done. couple of big clutch hits. Cal certainly coming through once again. And then Teo Brock, your guy, with another huge hit to uh, win that game. Brash. Filthy, and then maybe the most interesting thing was uh, seeing Andres Munoz in the ninth one-run game, and I don't think he threw a single slider. It was all fastballs and two seamers, and he did what he needed to do. Is it fair to say in the last few weeks, I know Mooney is you know, giving it up a, a few different times, but from a pure stuff standpoint, the velo and the movement, is it fair to say that those two over the last few weeks, their stuff feels like it's been as good as it's been all season Brash's long? Brash's stuff has been as good as it's been. Jeez. I have been concerned about Munoz's stuff until very recently. Yes. And the last couple times out, I've started to see what made him Andres Munoz and the reason he's at the back of that bullpen. I'm not 100% there. Like, I want to see it a couple more times. Oh. I think Brash is like, I don't know how anybody comes anywhere close to getting a hit off that guy. It's, it's good timing. 16 to go. Yeah, they're going to need it. Speaking of 16 to go, the Rangers are going to be without Max Scherzer for those 16 games and whatever comes afterwards. He left the game Wednesday with tricep soreness, and now he's been shut down for the season. Brock made eight starts for the team, winning five of them. Here's the second thing. You need to know. Charles Cross, not going to play, it sounds like, this weekend. He didn't practice yesterday, and the team has obviously gone out and signed other left tackles, including Hall of Famer Jason Peters, future Hall of Famers. That's a huge loss. Abe Lucas, not going to play either. On the other side of the ball, they got a Lions offense is going to be very difficult to contend with. The quarterback's really good. Jared's really good. You know, he's really, I mean, obviously as efficient as you can be right now with the streak he's got rolling, and he's got all the throws. They have it's, it's a good, intricate system. They do a lot of different things, and, and they're good at it. Timing is really good. It works well with the offensive line. Does get the ball out of his hands. You know, he's not a runner, not gonna run around much. But so they rely on on a real quick rhythm to get the thing, uh, you know, going. Um, he's got really nice receivers. So you know, St. Brown's really a good player, and they feature the heck out of him as they found him, you know, a little bit ago, and realize he's a great player, and he really is. He's a great producer. And so he's got a real sure target to go to all the time. But his other guys are good too. There's a lot of, we've said this before, there's a lot of Geno and Jared cops. I, I think some of their just accuracy and anticipation, that, that's their strength. Uh, Geno's got a stronger arm than Jared Goff, but when they get in rhythm, as Coach said, they could both be incredibly dangerous. And if you're going to let Jared Goff get comfortable like you let Matthew Stafford get comfortable, it is going to be a long, long long day in Detroit. Some good news, though. Jamal Adams back in full pads. And Devin Weatherspoon on that injury report, Full go. Yeah. Let's roll. Yeah, I really got to see him, especially. Well, you know who we're going to get a chance to see tonight? Here's the third thing you need to know. On national television, we'll be watching Jalen Carter and the Philadelphia Eagles. They have the Thursday night game tonight. I don't know that you want to watch too carefully if you're a Seahawks fan, but uh, that's what's going to be out there. They're going to take on uh, Minnesota. Vikings did not look very good in week one, so kind of curious to see what they look like this week with their backs against the wall. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers' career is not done. I don't think anybody's surprised at that, but um, he did take to Instagram yesterday to let everybody know that the night is darkest before you leave the darkness retreat. I mean, uh, before the dawn. I'm I'm still not buying it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You think he's done? 
No, 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 no. I'm talking about the darkness. Is it's the darkest before the dawn? I'm so you just, just think the the saying is wrong? Yeah, I'm just. Yep, yeah, I'm not buying it's it. It's gonna get worse before it gets better. Come on, Brock. We all know this. I know that. I know that. But I'm I'm not buying that one. Uh, you're gonna watch Jalen Carter tonight. You're gonna have a little Jalen Carter envy when he gets you know three or four hits on Kirk Cousins and yeah. gets after him. I mean, Heather's going out to see Beyonce, so I'm gonna be home with the kids. What? That's Beyonce tonight. Big night. She's in town. Beyonce's here tonight. Yeah. Oh, really? Yep. Oh. I saw Beyonce once. Well, sort of. I went to go see Jay-Z, and Beyonce kept interrupting. It was so annoying. Like, I was at this awesome Jay-Z concert, and, like, every few songs, Beyonce would come out and sing. It's like, okay, can we bring Jay-Z back, please? There a few times. She's fantastic. She's talented. Her music's not very good, though. All right, that's everything you need to know. Quarter past every hour. She's super talented. Some of the stuff you like, I just, I don't. She's got an unbelievable voice and totally generic music. You and I spent how many minutes this morning... (laughs) Of fanboying over Gwar. Right. And then it's like, yeah, yeah I mean, Beyonce is great. But Def Leppard has so much, like, artistic value. Come yes, on, get out of here. They're better songwriters Hello. than whoever's writing for Beyonce, I got to oh. tell you. Like, she's got an unbelievable Boo. voice and talent. She kept interrupting these awesome Jay-Z songs at this great concert I was at. And I'm like, she's just... Stop interrupting. If only Odorous or Uncas. If only Odorous <laughs> was there. I would have enjoyed Odorous interrupting. What he would are you have come ranking out today? Dude, he could have done that. Uh, what was the song we were listening to, Justin? Yeah, I don't think we can say it. Well, not the second one we were listening <laughs> What was the first one called? It was called... Uh, Is it, was it off the album, Scumbags? Yeah, Scumbags it, was, it was the first song off Scumbags, I think. Yeah, I forget what it was called. We'll have to go back and figure that out. I'm sure it was really, really important. Uh, some of these words are made up, and I don't want to say it. There's like Slaughterama. <laughs> Slaughterama. All right, Jerry DePoto is going to, as we said, come in here and save us from ourselves today. It's been kind of an off-the-rails type of morning, but uh, we'll talk to the president of baseball operations for these Mariners coming up next on Brock and Salk. This is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Salk, I've been listening to you for well over a decade. I've disagreed with you hundreds of times. But I've never agreed more with any one of your takes than I am right now about Beyonce. Totally agree with you. Yeah, look, I, I think if she just, I, I just don't like her musical stuff. Hey, just, not Justin, I'm, like. Justin, I'm trying to yeah. remember. Uh, can you help me out here? I'm trying. Sure. I'm, I'm seriously trying to remember. Who was it at the station that wrote an article about bias? Uh, <laughs> all sorts of different biases, <laughs> like confirmation bias. Yeah, is, it? yeah, confirmation bias. This yeah. text is going to give me confirmation. Bias. I never thought I would agree with Salk 100 percent on anything <laughs> until this take. Her music is motel art. Yeah, I just don't like her music. She's super talented. I just don't like what she has to sing. All right, let's talk to Jerry. Enough of this. The Jerry DePoto Show, presented by Seattle Pump and Equipment on Seattle Sports. Sorry, Jerry. We're in a weird place today. We've been talking about strange stuff. I don't know. I think we're all punchy after 13 straight days. How important was this day off for your team today? Oh man, uh, it's. A, I mean, we've needed it for quite some time, and you know that it, it wasn't just the 13 straight. It was really, you know, 26 out of you know 30 or so that we were traveling, and it was a lot of coast to coasts, and we needed this day. So, you know, hopefully the guys aren't doing much other than just recovering. 
Who needs it more, pitchers or hitters? I know we hear a lot about the pitchers and their need for it, and maybe that's still the answer, but who needs it more, the pitchers, the hitters? Is it physical? Is it mental? Tell me the a little coaches, more about The coaches, the skipper, the yeah, president, no the GM. <laughs> who needs this the yeah, most? Yeah, the fans. <laughs> I would say everybody needs a little break every now and then. But, you know, in, in this case, I think watching the, over the course of the last two weeks and just assessing ordinarily my answer to that would be the everyday players who are on their feet all the time and, and when you're playing 13 games in a row and you are jp crawford and your legs start to get heavy and you know and when cal raleigh who's been just an iron man behind the plate and you know he's taking a beating especially over this last couple of weeks you would think that those guys are the ones that are that are first in line for the day off but I would say collectively, this is probably the, it was the best timing or, or really a week ago would have been great timing, but we needed this off day for our pitching staff to just have a little bit of a breather. It's, uh, you know, it's been a real grind with a lot of close games and a lot of, well, just a lot of need, a lot of need to, to get guys in and out there to, to protect leads. And, and it's been, it's been a really tough grind. So glad for them to just get a little bit of a break. You ever been around a situation where the, the leadership just mandates you can't come in? Like I, I know that there have been coaches in the past and, and bye weeks or sending assistant coaches home in, in the world that I live in. Like, no, sorry, you are not coming to the facility today unless you're injured for rehab. Nobody is coming here. Um, we are mandating that you stay away. Have you ever been in a situation like that in these off days? Oh, yeah. And, you know, on off days, with the exception of injured players, we will not see or hear from any of the guys. They will just go, you know, under <laughs> and they should but you know that's every off day for us we will we will generally shut down with the exception of those who need treatment and you know and really we do that and, and i know scott does it periodically throughout the year when you get the sense that guys just need time where you you know you you schedule the buses for later on road trips you you cancel batting practice and we've had you know instances in seattle where we've just kept the doors to the clubhouse shut and, and and don't nobody's allowed to report until X hour so that we can ensure that the guys are doing their best to, to try to ease up on their body a little. So 16 games left to play now. That is essentially a, an old football season. I know it's 17 now, but it's funny. We spend all this time, you know, trying to remind people that baseball and football are different. 162 games with 16 games left. How does it change? I don't know if it changes at all. I think the way you approach it, and you know, at least the way I approach it, is to look at these 16 games, you know, and, and don't really pay much attention at all to the 146 that came before it. You know, what do we need to do for the next 16 to put ourselves in a position to play beyond that? And you know, and I, I, I do think that our players do an awesome job of just moving on to the next game and. That's, I think, one of the special gifts of this group is they've been like that for quite some time. And, you know, you can get you can get bogged down. You can let a bad week or a bad series or a bad night get to you. Anybody does. But this this group has historically done a great job of just moving on to the next. Jerry, what number is it or what stat or what metric from Julio that from your perspective is just the most I don't know, amazing, jaw-dropping, just blows your mind of what he's able to do at 22 years of age? I mean, all of it, really. I, I don't know if I can pick out a single metric that would you know, tell the story, 
Julio, it's a, it's it's the the attraction in Julio is really the whole package. You know, it's the it's the offense, it's the defense, it's the base running, it's the power, it's the speed. Honestly, it's it's what he's been able to do since the All Star break, which really is unbelievable if you take a look back at it and in retrospect uh how good he's been and and i think he's very much put himself in the mvp conversation and 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 i don't know when you're talking about such a well-rounded player and then you add into it you know the 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 additives that he brings the engagement with the fans the you know he is you know he's inviting and and right now i mean he's he's really on some kind of heater and and it's been uh, quite some time that this has been going on and and you know for a team to to get on the kind of run that we've generally been on for the last two and a half months there's you need to julio's to do what julio's doing and and i and i can't even say that you need him to do that he's gone above and beyond but it's uh he's had a phenomenal run and there's i really couldn't pick apart one thing because the real attraction is all the things it is a total package i guess what strikes me jerry is just the speed the speed that he plays in the outfield, the speed that he rounds the bases, the speed to steal bases with the kind of size and power he has. I mean, how many in the game of baseball have that 230-pound frame that can play at the speed with which he does? I mean, it's such a unique thing. And, you know, it's why in, in our business and, you know, every year we're going to go through a draft. You know, we, we run through cyclically, we run, run through our annual international free agent cycle, you know, that, that generally leads us to players like Julio in, in, a, in a perfect scenario. You're always looking for that, that physical athlete, the size, speed, you know, power, speed combo that, that you know, sometimes results like this because when you hit on it, like, like we as an organization have been fortunate or blessed enough to hit on with Julio, you know, you are, it, it's, it's, it's such a difference maker when you have someone who can do all those different things on a field that Julio does. Hey, I want to talk about Luis Castillo for a second. And I was, I think I would more on Justin were asked me earlier why, if I hadn't talked about him as much this year as maybe they thought I would, given how much I've enjoyed him. I, I think what I was realizing is that he surprised me a little bit this year. I think with Luis, I was expecting some unbelievable, like, eight-inning shutout, he's so dominant, nobody can touch him type of performances, but maybe a little bit more inconsistency. And instead, I feel like what we've gotten this year has been unbelievable consistency, but maybe without some of those going super deep, eight, nine-inning and dominating kind of games. Is that a fair characterization of his season? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday uh, when when you think about the Rock and he's it, it's he's doing what aces do, you know. It's a it's he's going out there, he's taking his turn every fifth or sixth day whenever the off day may fall, and he's he's putting an end to the losing skids. He's 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 giving you the innings on the night that you need the innings. He's he's doing the things that aces do and and I, I do think and and maybe the reason why your expectation is is what it is now he has had big nights but they've when you consider 
the big nights that he had to end the 2022 <laughs> season, whether it's the start in Toronto, it's the start in Houston, it's that start against the Yankees. It's, you know, he did such phenomenal things in a short period of time in 2022 that you couldn't help but raise the bar on what you thought it was going to look like. And, and lo and behold, now we, we look, you know, six months into our season or roughly six months into our season, and he's a Cy Young candidate, and he's, and he's putting a stop to those losing skids, and he's doing the things that you need aces to do. And when you look at all the, the, the counting stats, he's among the best in the league. When you look at innings pitched and strikeouts and ERA, and all, he's, he's been really, really good, and at times he's been great. And, and my guess is, like he has shown us in the past, you know, when, when the temperature rises in the building, he's going to rise with it. It's, uh, he's got that team. Was some of that consistency part of the plan for this year? I mean, is the one negative we had heard kind of reputationally about him before he got here is, oh, when he's great, he's great, but he's not always consistent. And I, I wondered if that was something that was really well, a focus, focal point. Right? Wasn't it focus? Yeah, focus. Is- I guess that's probably a better word. He wasn't always focused, but he, God, I can't come up with a single game this year where I would even think to make that argument about, about Luis. Yeah, you know, I, I think the if I had to point to one redeeming trait with, with Luis, it would be that he is one of the most consistent people I think we've ever had uh, in, in Seattle, at least during my time here. He's, he never changes. You know, it's a, in, in, in a lot of the same ways I would, I would credit Gino. You know, it's, a, it's, it's funny that they both come via Cincinnati, but you know, they're just such consistent people. They don't let uh, the bump in the road get them down. They don't, you know, the rock doesn't panic when there's two men on and nobody out. He just makes his pitches. And, you know, he, if he gives up two in the first, he settles in and he grinds through it. And, and that's what guys, you know, the, the guys that are guys do. And I, I see other of our pitchers picking up on similar, you know, they are taking that and running with it. And, you know, we saw it from George in Tampa. We've seen it multiple times from, from Logan throughout. Yeah, it's a, I think in, in a more modest way we saw that in tampa from bryce miller we saw it in cincinnati from brian Wu. hey we don't stop we just go out there and we keep on grinding and and that's the consistency that Luis has brought to the table and and his focus this year was simply on on being that guy over the course of a 32 33 start season and achieving some some personal goals which was putting himself in position like this to pitch for a postseason team with a chance to go win a cy young be an all-star because that's what his tools, his abilities allow him to, to to set as goals. Well, as you bring that up, Jerry, it's kind of a perfect lead in to, to the comments that George Kirby made Friday night that I think surprised a lot of folks and then, you know, loved what he had to say the next day to kind of, you know, take it back and, and apologize for it. From your perspective and having pitched the way you did, what was your reaction to what uh, to what George had said? Well, I've never pitched the way George does, so it, it, we're, it, and we're we're the same in, in name only, I guess. <laughs> but the, you know, I uh, you know George. My general thought is, if you put a microphone in front of everybody after you know a, an athletic, an emotional athletic, you know, endeavor where you go out there and you're grinding and your team's in a postseason and you just gave up a homer, that was a key. I, there's, I, I've, I've made bigger flubs with a microphone in front of me under far less pressure than that. And, you know, it's, it's human. You're just being human. And I, I don't really count it as any more than that. Uh, I think the, the whole, you know, 
firestorm afterward about innings and pitcher development and and what we should expect of pitchers in some far past generation. I, like I I understand the the thought behind it. Go look at what George actually does. You know, George is an innings eater. George is the guy that wants the ball and wants to go compete. You know, he's also a human being who's who's really experiencing that type of moment for the first time in his baseball life where, you know, it's we are riding the roller coaster of a September playoff race. And and in the big moment, we lost it. And and he reacted in a way that, that clearly the next day he expressed regretting. But I don't really counted as any type of penalty or shouldn't be counted as any type of ding against George. He does throw the hundred pitches. He does throw the innings and he wants the ball in those moments. Man, I sure wish I could hear what JP Crawford said to Matt Brash yesterday. I think it's one of my favorite moments, certainly of the game yesterday in the eighth inning after a walk and getting behind the count and JP does what JP has done all season long. And that is just lead. I'm curious, Jerry, from your perspective in the way back machine, did you have a teammate or two like JP? that when you were on the mound or others were on the mound and maybe the, the game's speeding up or falling behind or need a little kick in the pants, was, was there a player or two from your history that you remember? And what does that mean to this staff to have JP as that guy? Yeah, you know, it's funny. So frequently in, in your baseball life, that turns out to be the shortstop. And, you know, there's a reason why, you know, when you go back and you think about, you know, little league or playing in high school, the, the players, the player you often remember is the shortstop. You know, it's the shortstop. It's the catcher. They are associated with leading and slowing the game down at various times. And, and you know, I, I, I do appreciate how much, JP has grown with this team and, and taken on, you know, that, that type of leadership characteristic. When I was playing in Colorado, I played with Walt Weiss, who's, who's now, a, you know, a, a major league manager. He's on staff as a coach with the Atlanta Braves right now. And Walt was that guy, you know, he would, he would tap in, he would stop the game. He would come visit the mound and they're not saying anything, you know, prolific. It, it's not, it, it's not a scouting report on the players. As a matter of fact, Walt would come in, Oftentimes he'd put his glove over his face and he'd start singing you a song just to, just to relax you. It's like calming the savage beast, you know, and, and it's just to slow you down more than anything else. And, and it takes a little bit of feel to know when it's time to do that. And, you know, 21 year old shortstops don't often do that. You know, you need a little bit of, of time under you. And, and JP has really grown into that player for us. Um, Let's see, just a couple of sort of housekeeping kind of items. Uh, how's Jared today? And we had the, a day off or two with the, after getting nicked in the foot. Do we expect him back tomorrow? Uh, yeah, he was available yesterday in, in the event that he was needed in game. So my expectation that it is that he would be available tomorrow. Where where are we at with the backup catcher spot? Obviously, Luis in there now. What What does that look like going forward here? You know, unfortunately, not knowing uh, going into the, the second half of the season with a healthy Tom Murphy and then experiencing, you know, the the unfortunate injury that he has been dealing with. We're just going to have to piece it together and, and rely on our own system. It's, uh, you know, we've had Brian O'Keefe contributing. We've got LT back on the roster now. We've got Pedro Severino in the system. So, you know, we are, we do have guys with some experience that we can lean on if necessary, but you know, there is, we've talked about the, the 24 hour open all night markets for, for players that, that doesn't really exist for catchers in September. <laughs> mm. 
I like seeing Terenz back. I'm, I'm just uh, just putting in my plug right now. I just like seeing Luis Terenz back on the roster. I love watching him hit for whatever reason, and uh, just that's my plug. I'm just a Terenz guy. So uh, while I've got you here, I'll I'll, I'll throw not out. a Beyonce guy, no. not a Beyonce guy, no, but a Terenz guy. More of a Terenz guy. guy. Just, just so hey, look, I know you. You know, we spend all of our time for the most part talking about what's going on at the major league level, but this time of year, I'm sure some of your attention is divided with minor league playoffs, etc. It was an awesome walk off the other day for Modesto as you're watching you know Modesto and Everett and and the rest of these you know groups in the in the playoffs what is that experience like who should we be paying attention to who's succeeding well I mean who's succeeding right now and I know this sounds you know like a like a casual plug for (laughs) for our player development system and it is (laughs) We, we they're all succeeding. It's unbelievable the the quality of development that we have experienced over these last couple of years. And and right now we've got we've got Modesto. Uh, they are up one nothing in the the California League Championships. We've got Everett up well tied one one in the Northwest League Championships. Uh, I think some on the twenty first Arkansas will start the the Texas League championships and and it's a it's an exciting thing when when your prospects get to experience playoff baseball and and it's something we've always been uh high on i know i have plugged it before we have uh we had a huge win in modesto the other night a walk-off win where some of our best prospects you know laz montez hits a home run to tie it in the ninth goes out in the top of the 10th and throws out the the ghost runner trying to advance the third base on a fly ball to right with the as big big a throw as you can possibly make. And then we come in and we grind through at bats in our first round draft, Colt Emerson, who's, you know, a couple of months out of high school, hits a laser over the center field's head, center fielder's head to win the game, which was just exciting as can be. And, you know, in an Everett last night, we dumped 10 runs on, on the, the, the kids from Vancouver. And, and it's, it's just so fun to watch these guys go out and play in those environments. And, and we will reap the benefit of it. From years for years to come, like we are with guys like Cal and George and and Logan, who've been through these JK, they've been through these these playoff type environments, and it's it really is a good training device. I think we talked about this last September as well on the market. mechanism for the stress and the chaos of uh, of these final sixteen games. You know, just do, do a lot of cardio. <laughs> do a lot of cardio. Is that you know the it's so fun to watch and it can be, you know, as I was actually texting with my dad after yesterday's game, that it's a, uh, it's, you, you enjoy it. You know, there's going to be stress, you know, you're going to ride some highs and lows. You try to remain you know, calm and realize in the moment that you can't really control much of it and just watch and have fun with it. Because, you know, it's not, we, we know all the years that we've been baseball fans, baseball people, it's not every year that you're in these types of positions. And, you know, I would like to be the brace and, and have clinched yesterday, but that's not where we're at. We're, we're in a position where we're going to go out and we're going to make these last 16 games exciting and you know whether we want them to be or not they're going to be <laughs> we, we should just you know enjoy the ride because it's so much fun when you get the the opportunity like we had last year to get to the dance floor i was trying to tell myself that monday i was like you know this is a great september baseball game back and forth and you know <laughs> i don't know whether i succeeded I fully other things, but yeah. <laughs> right there were some other words that came out of my mouth but i was trying to remind myself that that was a good fun exciting september baseball game and it made me feel alive Mm. Uh, I'll ask you a question that you might not be able to answer, but it was asked of me recently, so I thought I would uh, throw it at you. If you could choose 
one guy who maybe hasn't been at his absolute best, so maybe taking Julio or somebody like that out of it, to really, if you could wave the magic wand and say, okay, if this guy just gets going here in the last 16 games, it would be such a huge benefit to our team. Is there is there one person you would just ma- give the magic salve to? Well, I mean, there's so many of them that are going so good. You know, Julio and Cal, Teoscar, that have been otherworldly. JP, you know, really, I think JP is, is sneaky – you know, he's going to surprise people where he finishes on MVP ballots. He's been that good this year. Mm-hmm. You know, the one guy that has been a little bit streakier, and when he goes good, we score a lot of runs, is Gino. And, you know, if we could get that that good run from Gino in these last couple of weeks and into the postseason, that's we know it, it's in there. We've seen it. We've seen it this year. And, and when he when he gets in that mode, it's it really makes our lineup a different lineup and you know it's uh i i guess i could pick multiple guys that i would love to see get going mostly for themselves but but also for for us and uh, we've fortunately we have so many guys that are going good that it allows you you're not going to get nine guys going great as as we were in august for for ever so you know right now we're we're in the down cycle for some and hopefully we we lock back in here for these last few weeks it dawns on me that that Munoz is another guy not that he's been struggling but if you know with a hot Andres Munoz would be such a huge weapon just watching him yesterday and it, you know it seems like some of the velocity is ticked back up it, it seemed like he kind of went away from the slider a little bit yesterday we saw more of the two-seamer where is he at in in terms of kind of getting himself to the best version of himself you know, I thought he looked awesome yesterday. He was attacking the strike zone. It was he was living at a hundred. It was live. He was throwing his two seamer, which you know is a it, it's a devastating pitch. The last pitch of the game, which you know Cal threw the runner out on, was a slider, which I thought was you know one of the best sliders we've seen him throw in, in a little bit here. But I, I think you know Mooney, and I I know this is going to come off as sounding you know defensive, but at the end of the day when you pitch as much as our bullpen pitched for that six week stretch, starting around, you know, the, the, the last week of July in that many close games, our leverage guys really got pounded. And when you look at the, you know, Mooney was the, the league's reliever of the month for the month of August. And you see, you know, the save total, the game total, what you don't see in there is the number of times that they were up and down in that game before they got in. You don't see, you know, that, that, pitching with a one run lead in the ninth and 10th inning or coming in with two men on and one out, there's an elevated level of exertion and and emotion that goes into that. So, you know, I know I said it here last week or the week before, you know, I'm loath to get too judgy on, on the performances in those moments because the workload has been so high. And, you know, it's when, when you go back and you look at it, you know, our bullpen in general has, has allowed some traffic here over the course of the last three weeks. And I really do think that's just an aftermath of the workload. And that's why getting these, these off days, I, Mooney's always been confident. Mooney's always been, he's, and, and frankly, you know, in August, when we're talking critically about his performance, he's pretty awesome. And, you know, if you go back and, and look at it retroactively a year or two years or 10 years from now, you say, damn, look at the month that, that Andres Munoz had in <laughs> August of 2023. And, and it's uh, that's the way baseball works is the emotion affects you in the moment, but he's done a really nice job and, and, doing his job and then yesterday i thought he was in attack mode and you're going to have great days which i thought yesterday was one of and you're going to have fair days and you know and then you're going to have days where you struggle but for the most part we've gotten a lot of the the, the average to elite days which is going to be more than enough
His two-seamer is pretty ridiculous. I don't know how anybody hits that. I don't know how anybody hits anything that Matt Brash throws. It was uh, pretty fun watching them yesterday, and it was going to be a fun last couple of weeks. Jerry, we'll do it again next Thursday. Thank you. You got it, guys. All right, there you go. There's Jerry DePoto, Mariners president of baseball operations. Lots to react to. Brock will come right back and do that next on Brock and Salt, Sales Sports on 710.